Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And today, what we're going to be talking about, predominantly club rugby, but we'll also talk a little bit about um, uh, the uh, look, the outlook for Super Rugby in 2021. Um, we'll also talk uh, about um, perhaps a bit of forward structure and things as to why does Dane Coles keep finding himself out in the wing um, to be to, to to score those tries. So all of those kind of things we'll have a chat about. Um, but uh, Stephen, we had a good weekend, didn't we? Uh, getting to some uh, some grassroots rugby. We, we did, Paul, and uh, thanks again. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, driving mall, the uh, rugby side of the show. But, yeah, you are dead right. It was a lot of fun getting amongst it uh, the uh, weekend, just locally down the road from me to the uh, Waitamata Rugby Club as the uh, Auckland Goodyear Club Rugby Competition got underway. Yes, it did. Uh, we got it. We got the uh, the the uh, rugby got underway here in um, the Waikato as well. And I just want to bring up a photo, folks, because to because uh, I want to ask you: um, Have is there or, or what is your favourite? Um, uh, what's the uh, word I'm looking for? What is your favourite trophy played um, that, that's played for in rugby, Stephen? Are we, are we talking probably at, at at a club level, Paul? No, no, any level. Which which trophy do you look at and go, that's kind of cool? Oh well, listen. From uh, it, it's got to be Ranfurly Shield. That's still one of one of my favourites. I know we all, as as New Zealanders, we like to get our hands on the the Rugby World Cup, but I, I love the Ranfurly Shield. I also like the history behind the uh, the Gallagher Shield, which is the uh, in the uh, local Auckland uh, club competition. Quite a, a very very hard trophy. To win, some clubs, some established clubs, have won it more than others. When you talk about the likes of uh, uh, Ponsonby, I, I, I've lost count on how many times they've they've won it. But I know for a lot of clubs that have either won it for the first time or on very limited occasions. I know, um, it, yeah, it's well, it's, it's well about, received. You're talking about the competition as a whole rather than the actual trophy itself, because both of those are just slabs of wood with a few bits of metal on the front. Okay, this is what. Um, uh, Melville and um, the uh, old uh, 
um, Hamilton Old Boys were playing for. Um, oops, nope, I've gone and got the wrong one. Sorry, guys. Let me. Um, I'll stop that screen share and I'll share. I'll share the the correct screen this time. Uh, let's see. There we go. That is the trophy that they were playing for, the Stag Cup. There, um, resplendent uh, that's been decorated in Melville colours. A bit cheeky by the holders there, using a bit of uh, electrical red and green electrical tape to uh, uh, to 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 brighten up the stag. But I thought that was a cracking trophy uh, um, for 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 them to be playing for. And you're mentioning bits of wooden shields and stuff. They're not trophies. That's a trophy. Oh well, you caught me. You caught me on a, on the hop a little bit there, there. But it is it is a very impressive trophy. Now that I look at it, now I'm going to start googling really impressive trophies and come up with something that's that's actually better with it than that. I was just wondering, is that electrical tape around the around the middle of the stag to hold it together because it's been dropped a few times? It might be an element of that, but I think yes, I think that's um, I think that will get get that, that will get stripped off very quickly if um with uh, Hamilton Old Boys had won it. Unfortunately, they didn't. Hamilton Old Boys being the type, the team that I, or the club that I play a, a bit of um, social touch with. Uh, so yes, that's uh, that was a trophy they were playing for, which which I quite loved. Uh, actually, other trophies that, I've, that I like. Um, so between uh, counties and Wellington, uh, they have a memorial trophy to John Olomu that's a, uh, a big wooden 11. Um, I might uh, see if I can drag um, that up uh, to show people as well. Um, seen that one before. That's also a good trophy. Um, but so yes, folks, if you have any good trophies out there that you like the look of that are a bit different than just uh, than, than sort of a shield or as a big cup, then let us know because I think that's a to me that's an absolute um, that was an absolute cracker um, on pardon me on the weekend. Simon, um, good evening. Great to see you there. And yes, Ranfurly Shield is a great competition. But we're not talking about competitions here. We're talking about the actual trophies themselves. Um, so if anyone has any good ones, let us know. So, Stephen, um, yep, kicking us off then. Uh, should we start at the top of the North Island? And, uh, oh, I, think, and I, I, think we should. I, th I think we should. <laughs> so um, up there then, let's go quickly. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll just butcher the names. Why don't you quickly run through the, <laughs> the teams in the I've, uh, Yes, I've got the right the results right here in uh, in front of me. Paul, so luckily enough, I I can just quickly go through this. The scores in uh, Northland Club Rugby. Now, Northland Club Rugby is uh, sponsored by Spark this year, so uh, fantastic work by what by Spark for coming on board. So it's the uh, Spark Club Rugby. Northland Club Rugby competition, so uh, great to see, but running through those results Horror uh, Horror 61 Hikurangi 17, Kitty Kitty 15, Mid Northern 8, Western Sharks 81, and a newly promoted team Ngati Hine Moirewa UK, United Kawakawa that is, 7 Old Boys at Marist Football Club 21, Kamo 5, and uh, Waipu last year's uh, champions beat their near neighbours at Wellsford 29 points to 10. So um, a couple of interesting scorelines in there, a couple of one-sided uh, scorelines, which which you kind of might expect given um, what the uh, what club rugby has been through in uh, 2020. Of course, the season just starting, so some clubs have done better with uh, numbers. So a little bit of work for Hikarangi and also the newly promoted team, Ngati Hine Moirua UK, 
this year. Now they they lost three or four really good players to uh, to Horahora, who had that big win over Hikarangi. Horahora uh, could be the dark horse in the competition this year, but I still think at the end of the day, look out for the likes of uh, Waipu. I think Wellsford will get better. Western Sharks and Old Boys Marist, of course. Uh, Kamo, from what I believe, not as strong as they were in uh, 2019, and that's pretty much a wrap on Northland Club Rugby, Paul. So if we look at those clubs, obviously Old Boys Marist is, is part of Whangarei. Um, yeah. Which other which other uh, uh, clubs? Oh, sorry, so I guess Western Sharks aren't there on the other. They're, they're from the Western Coast rather than the, rather yep. than the the East Coast. White uh, Wellsford, obviously down down the South End. Because uh, I think it's, it's, isn't the, isn't there kind of like a like two or three clubs out of out of out of Whangarei? The Northern? Yeah, <clears throat> well, really, the only real local-based ones is, uh, is from what I can see, is Old Boys Marist and uh, and Carmo. Of course, Waipu are good uh, sort of 20 minutes before you get into Whangarei and Wellsford halfway between between Auckland and, and Whangarei and a little bit further north of Whangarei by another 10-minute drive or so is Hikurangi, another 10 minutes on from there, mid-northern, and then further up to uh, to uh, Kirikiri, but uh, on your way, the newly promoted team, which has got the two townships of uh, United Kawakawa and Moi Riwa, who have uh, pretty much combined to be one club, although it might just take them a, a bit of time to find their feet. They'd be wishing that they'd have their two most favorite of uh, their two most famous players available for them and Josh Goodhue and uh, and Jack Goodhue who are affiliated to to that club Paul who's that, who's some, that guy? yeah <laughs> yeah that guy the Jack that Jack guy yeah Goodhue's the second name by the way Paul um oh, yeah. interesting couple of little little tidbits as well interesting to, to see that Cara Pryor played at uh, number eight for Horahora on the weekend. So uh, Cara back in uh, Northland, we didn't see a lot of him last year after he uh, um, basically uh, moved on from the Blues. And also wise guy Fayani, who was down here in, who had come back down to Auckland, has gone back up to have another crack to see if he can play uh, Monarchy Cup rugby. But probably a good idea, given that Auckland have got the likes of Zahn Sullivan, Harry Plummer, uh, in in their stable also maybe D'Angelo Leilua, who uh, may be still around, or in fact he may have even uh, moved on to another union as well. So there's there's depth in the Auckland union. We'll get to them in a moment anyway, Paul. Well, it's good to see that actually it's not all centred around uh, Fongaray. I mean, on the women's side, uh, when I was talking with um, Cheryl Smith the, the other week, if you, you can go back and have a look at that long talk um, with her, she is the uh, the, the head coach of the Farrah Palmer Cup team up there in Northland. Uh, she was mentioning I think, like, like three out of their six teams are based out of Fongaray on the women's side. So it's good to see that the men's one is, is more spread around the union. Uh, clearly, it means a bit more travel for the for the teams because it it's a big, it's one of the unions with the biggest land area, um, if not the biggest populations. Pardon me. Now, um, now from, from, what, from what I believe, I must mention to Paul, talk, talking to George Cornea today, he was telling me I just wanted to ask, you know, what, what is the process given that the season has started so late? There will be one, pretty much one round, but the top two teams will play in a final. Right. Okay. So, so it's not going to be the – so quite often, folks, um, the, 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 the way that these things are set up is you have one round, then you split into two halves and have another round, and then the finals – Clearly, the second half of that season, just there isn't as time for this year before the minus 10 um, um, cut, cuts off. Um, the um, it's uh, uh, Is the Northern split into different regions for the club competition because it's a big area? No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. Northern, uh, Northland 
um, is just is, is still just one region. You don't, there isn't a kind of a north division and a south division. Uh, Northland is just one. Uh, does, does doesn't split itself, even though it is a big area. Um, so yeah. no, Stephen, Simon, that's not how it works. Um, the uh, they just they just have to put up with longer travel, uh, unfortunately for them. Yep, yep. Paul, there is a uh, and last year there was a north zone and a south zone competition. Those two teams, whoever wins those two competitions, come together and are playing a in a final at um, at Toll Stadium in Whangarei. And usually the winner of that game will play the final place team in the in the uh, Spark rugby competition or the main final eight competition. And that's usually the, the bottom team for a playoff to play in the top division. Okay, so the second, the second tier in Northland is split north-south, but the top tier isn't, um, yep. is the difference. Yep. Okay, cool. Understood that now. Um, so that's good. Then uh, move down to uh, to North Harbour. Yep, North Harbour. Yep, North Harbour rugby. Some uh, interesting results out of uh, North Harbour. A couple of one-sided scorelines. Uh, we are looking at uh, looks like North Coast. 77. Now, I'm looking like I'm just wondering if I'm looking, you know, it's not the reserves. It's actually, that's who they're sponsored by. North Coach 77, Mahurangi 3. Um, looks like uh, North Shore 76, Maris 12. A good tight game here between uh, Takapuna and Silverdale with Takapuna coming out on top 22-16. And uh, Massey would have been nice to have Chris... Proceeds on tonight. That's his old club, uh, Massey 29, Kumu, who the next door neighbours, uh, 17, and East Coast Bays with the bye. Of course, one of the teams that couldn't put a team together this year was uh, Walter Little's old club, Glenfield. Just really didn't have the the numbers this year, Paul. So, uh, so a little a little bit sad to, to say the least. So, hopefully they'll they'll bounce back next year. From what I understand, they may have a, a senior B team running around, but just probably not quite up to the level of uh, a senior rugby. Yeah, there's a few clubs that have that have found themselves in that situation where they can put a senior B team together, but not a premiership team. Uh, I can think of some some uh, at least in Tyra down there in uh, the Thames Valley area. Has got that problem um, as well. So yes, yeah, so a different. Um, so yeah, for so some clubs, unfortunately. Uh, now a couple of reasons for this. One is uh, that um, some clubs are, uh, do have overseas players, people who basically come on a year um, or two-year work visa, uh, just for more, more for the lifestyle. Uh, get a, get a local job um, now down in Tyra. I mean, that, that's uh, for example, kiwi fruit picking or working in the local butchers, uh, and then play for a year. Uh, and it's more for the experience. Another person who did that, for example, down in Waikato um, was oh, uh, Hamilton Burr. He came over from uh, fr from, from Edinburgh, uh, where he'd been in the academy, uh, came over and played for Hautapu. Um, he's, here, well, he's here for this season, well, for two seasons. Uh, and he ended up getting himself a place in the Minor 10 Cup squad. So um, he didn't come over for the money. He came over for the experience, for the, uh, for the development of his game. Um, and hoping he'll go back and then get himself back onto the um, professional track again. So obviously those players aren't available this year because of the border closures and COVID. And then you've got people who have lost their jobs um, and basically are having to uh, basically can't commit to training or um, or games because or can't even afford their club membership because they've they've lost their jobs and so they're having to um, maybe take on some extra shift work or do babysitting while their partner's out working. Uh, or, or something like that, uh, and that's why there are less players available to clubs um, this season. So, 
Uh, yeah, and that's why a few clubs clubs will end up like that. Uh, yeah, you say a couple of lopsided um, results initially there. Um, with uh, it looks like North Coast, North Shore, we'll get a real test or, or a real idea as to where they're kind of standing. Probably next week um, oh. after they've uh, after we've we've seen them play a couple of games, um, rather than uh, yeah, those. I don't think we've got a true a true idea as to the, as to the level off those games from the weekend. Paul, I, I was going to say that the likes of Mahurangi, they've always been um, based up there in Walkworth, always been the uh, traditional cellar dwellers. Um, you know, they're, they're real, real tries from uh, up that way, but, you know, obviously don't really have the, the depth in the area. They kind of do rely on players from, from the local Mahurangi school, but a lot of kids do, <clears throat> excuse me, move mm -hmm. out of the area. So it's really... It's pretty much local guys who front up for that for that particular club week in week out, and uh, yeah, Marist a little bit the same. Marist uh, usually did a bit better as the season rolls rolls along. They have the odd one or two good players. The one player out of their club I can think of was Anthony Borich, who played for for More Black, who played for uh, North Harbour Marist. But I, I think. In terms of the teams to watch this year, I think you probably can't go past the likes of uh, Northcote, who took out the championship in 2017 and 2018, and they were runners-up last year to uh, East Coast Bays, who had the bye on the weekend, and probably also look out for for North Shore and Takapuna. I'm probably picking that's your four to watch out for, although uh, people in Massey, if they can probably hear me from down here in Henderson, won't be too happy if I don't mention them as well. But you, you never know how these things play out. Like the North and Wide competition, this is pretty much a, a sprint this year, Paul, with only really uh, what I'm what are we looking at? Probably a probably a, a 12 week uh, club competition. Yeah, you also remember look that a lot of these. Um the, the, these, these clubs will have pretty shallow uh, squads, so a couple of injuries could change things very quickly. Also, uh, they're not going to have all their players available every weekend. So some 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 clubs will play strong one weekend and weak another weekend because of shift work or people travelling on business um, as well. So uh, yeah, you're not always going to get that. Uh, that teams will fluctuate um, throughout the season. Before we move on to the Auckland results, let's have a chat um, about. Uh, super Rugby uh, and what it might look like going forward because we've had lots of rumours coming out of Australia um, around what uh, structure rugby might be in 2021 uh, and also what structure rugby might be in uh, in Australia itself. So um, some of the rumours that have been going around that we haven't reported on too much uh, on the morning sports briefing because they are just rumours um, and we were uh, and we, we, we hear this quite a lot out of Australian rugby. So I was waiting until we got something a bit more concrete out of it before we actually mention it in, 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 in the morning sports briefing. Uh, but there have been rumours um, of basically Australia trying to go down to four um, teams. Now, you've probably, you've probably tell me, yeah, Paul, look, they've got four super rugby teams now. They do, but they also have the Western Force out there. And they're trying to get the Western Force back in. One of the things about the new CEO there um, is he's not a guy hooked up on history. He's a guy hooked up on clubs being able to be self-sufficient um, or teams being self-sufficient. And one thing that, that Tweedy Forrester brings, being a billionaire, is self-sufficiency. Um, and uh, it's been some interesting things there. So hence, there have been discussions that maybe the Rebels and the Brumbies would merge. Um, that's been kiboshed uh, by Australian rugby saying, no, look, we're not looking at, um, at doing that. We're not looking at reducing the numbers. Um, about the, and there's also some persistent rumours around the Rebels and the Force merging. 
um, as well. Um, Stephen, do you think Australia really has got the player pool to to, to keep five teams going um, um, or, or, or not? Paul, I'm not 100% sure, but one thing I do like about a, a, an Australasian competition is actually the the timeline. It's it's at a time where people can can watch this games. It only really deviates between sort of uh, five in the afternoon. You know, if I'm thinking they're going to keep that sort of timeline between sort of three in the afternoon and and eight or nine in the evening, and that's a good good timeline as opposed to getting games at at all hours. But in terms of the what I would like to see is an opportunity for some of these squads to have some 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 Pacific Island rugby players who you know as part of part of their stable. So for example, each team carries five or six Pacific. Pacific Island rugby players, whether they be from Samoa, Fiji, you know, they, they still get to go back and play with the country, but it keeps them down in this area of the world, Paul, and it can only be, it can only be good for their game. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one of the things that uh, Ben Darwin uh, and uh, the, other, the and, and his colleague from Gain Analytics um, has have said before, that, look, the last time Australian rugby was strong was essentially when they had four teams. Um, and what they did straight after that winning the Rugby World Cup was add in the force, um, mm. which was the last thing they needed to do. Look, four teams is about the right, four squads is about the right kind of size for the Australian player pool. Um, listening to them and there, and they, they, they seem to know their stuff. So, okay, one of the suggestions that has been that has been before is that if there were a Pacific Island team that uh, the Pacific Island team could play out of either the Gold Coast um, or Auckland. But um, you know what? Why not play them out of Melbourne instead? Um, and then so you have three Australian franchises in uh, Perth, uh, Canberra, Sydney and Durban, not Durban, um, Darwin. Is it Darwin? No. Um, is, that, is that where Queensland are? No, no it's uh, Brisbane. 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 So, yeah, the so Brisbane, Sydney, Canberra and Perth. And then maybe have the Melbourne team as being that Pacific Islander team if you don't think that they can generate enough crowds uh, in the Pacific Islands themselves. Uh, that might be another um, way of, um, of of doing it. Um, Simon said he'd like to see the Brumby, Brumby Rebels play half the match in Melbourne and half in Canberra. No, I don't. Look, they already have very few games, home games, in a Super Rugby season. You only have eight home games. To make it take that down to four, I mean, how you can't build a fan base, you can't build that connection with local fans if you only have four games a year, all right? You need more games than that. So, um, yeah, splitting splitting between venues, I don't think is a good idea. Taking one game out to, to the provinces is a different matter, but taking half your games to an entirely different state that I think is is is, is too much. So, um, so yes, I. It's, the, the, the talk is of a trans-Tasman competition um, in 2021 um, with potentially a Pacific Island team or a Japanese team. Now, if there is a Japanese team in there, I don't think it will be the Sunwolves, put bluntly. Um, I think what we'll see is perhaps the winner of the top league or a Panasonic Wild Knights or somebody like that um, taking part in Super Rugby rather than uh, the resurrection of the Sunwolves. But um, one of the things they're saying is that that is a an idea, a short-term fix for 2021, because they don't see, I mean, we're, we're in June now, and South Africa has not got a handle on its COVID situation. So they don't see there being 
that by January, um, and if you're going to start planning now for that kind of that, that kind of window, um, I think there is there are thoughts that basically the, the, the COVID situation in South won't be ready to play by by, by sort of end of January, early February. Um, so whilst we might see a trans Tasman competition in 2021, that's not necessarily the structure we will have in 2022. Yay, change. <laughs> Paul, Paul, what about a uh, what, what about a uh, a loan system or, or or a transfer system of of sorts? Say, for example, one of those because you want those Australian sides to be competitive, and and we we only have to see the the first two rounds of Aotearoa rugby just to see how competitive the the New Zealand teams are against each other. So you want those Australian sides to be competitive. Would, would, would it be good to have a situation where, where they can loan players if they've got in, injuries or maybe players can be, uh, you know, the, the players who are surplus to requirements, not required for for uh, for Super Rugby, they can utilise those players in New Zealand to fill well, gaps? It's interesting that uh, Dave Rennie has talked about um, allowing overseas players to play for the Wallabies um, as long as they're in Super Rugby, right? So he's basically saying, look, if, if they're in Super Rugby, um, or if they're in, uh, it doesn't really matter. There isn't much difference between them playing in Australia and playing elsewhere because the window that they're playing in doesn't overlap with the internationals, um, the, the Wallabies play. So um, clearly Dave Rennie is coming around to that idea um, for the Australians to, to be able to select Australia, other players within Super Rugby. It's what, our, it's what Argentina did um, because remember they used to have one, one Argentinian player playing for the Brumbies. Uh, he was still available for... Uh, for Argentina, so you have to either play for the play either in Argentina or in Super Rugby. Um, hence, they could select players from their club competition. Uh, something that I wouldn't be uh, that I wouldn't object to New Zealand rugby going down, especially if we go down to teams in the same time zone, because then they can travel back for week for for camps if they need to. Travelling back from South Africa, it's a bit hard. Um, but um, if you've got a team in, if you've, if you've got a couple of players in Japan. Uh, then I don't see the that um, selecting them for, for for the All Blacks. I think would be fine again because the games they're playing in don't overlap with international rugby. And they're available, they're, they'll pretty much be available either way. So, yeah, I think I, I think a more open approach for for New Zealand and Australia to take around competition borders rather than country borders might be a good idea. Mm. There you go. We just solved it in one, didn't we? We did, really. There we go. Yeah. Um, there you go. Andy Marinos, you can you can you can hand in your notice now. <laughs> who who would now tell me? We obviously Andy Marinos is the CEO of Super Rugby, but who would run this competition? Um, I mean, does Andy Marinos run anything at the end of the day, or does he just take orders from the CEOs of South Africa, New Zealand, and Australia, um, and just do as he's told? Really, I mean, at the end of the day, we didn't see Andy Marinos really come out and talk much during the lockdown and what was happening with Super Rugby. He was always the last person to talk uh, after everybody knew what what he was going to say because everything been leaked by all the other by all the other um, mm. unions. So you've got to say, yeah, it would be organised by Australia and New Zealand, um, and uh, yes, and then he would rubber stamp it, basic essentially. Um, I think um, this would also give. Uh, some of the talk is that yeah, this will also give um, super, also give South Africa uh, a window to consider whether they are going to move up to Europe or not um, as part of the Pro 14 or or, or however. Um, I yeah, whilst I see you know, games in South Africa are good for developing players, they're not good for developing a, um, an audience. Mm -hmm. 
unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, so that looks like what's going to happen in 2021, folks, with Super Rugby. Uh, obviously, as things clarify and we know more, we will let you know um, what we hear uh, in that kind of space. The other thing that's obviously up, or that's well, not obviously, but is, is up for 2021, um, is also the Women's Rugby World Cup to be held here in New Zealand. Now, that is due to be held um, from memory, sort of June timeframe. Uh, it's in the middle of the year, isn't it? Uh, that that's kind of be, going to be held. Now, if you look at women's rugby between now and then, we've got a bit of club rugby now, uh, followed by the Farrah Palmer Cup this year, which hasn't been, I mean, the exact dates haven't been announced yet. Uh, and they're still working on that. We've been talking with a few people um, that, yeah, that's, uh, from, from, from different provinces and say, yeah, they haven't got dates yet for it. What they're going to try and do is try and have as many of them as being double headers with the uh, Minotin Cup, from what I understand. Um, so from a coverage point of view, from uh, New Zealand Sports Radio, that will that will mean that so myself, Stephen, um, Arshin potentially, will um, and maybe um, also um, Cornflake from down the Deep South. Perhaps it means that we'll be able to get to a few of the Farrah, uh, a few more of the Farrah Palmer Cup games this year to bring you coverage from that, as well as the Minor Ten Cup. So we're looking forward to that. What it does do, do though is that means that the Farrah Palmer Cup will what finish end of Novemberish time, Stephen. Yes. And, and if you're not got your super, if you're not got the, um, if the, the Women's Rugby World Cup isn't going to start until June, I can't remember which date it was. It is now, but that basically gives you six months ish, or four or five months between high level rugby and Rugby World Cup with just club rugby in between. That's not really the kind of level that the girls need or the ladies need to prepare for a Rugby World Cup. So we've still got to see what New Zealand rugby will put in that place. It sounded like they were looking at trying to put some sort of professional rugby competition in there um, for the women. Not a line. Uh, I, I don't think it was going to be aligned with, with um, uh, Super W or W Super, which is what they have in Australia. Um, so... Um, watch this space. I think it really is, is 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 the answer there as to what might happen early next year for a to to, to get the um, Black Ferns ready for that Rugby World Cup. Because uh, if you look at some um, the Northern Hemisphere, the um, actually sorry, they're just about. I think they've just changed sponsors. So, but basically, the women's uh, club competition in England obviously would run through till May time. Which would mean their players would be would be uh, pre prepared well uh, for, or would be would be kind of um, fit for the Rugby World Cup, uh, the French in a similar kind of vein. So keep an eye out for what's going to happen in the women's space. Um, we'll let you know as soon as we know. Paul, Paul, just on that uh, women's World Cup, it's uh, it'll be the ninth uh, women's rugby World Cup, and it's uh, scheduled uh, to start on the twenty uh, first. Of, oh, sorry, it's starting, beg your pardon, to start in July 2021 and end August 2021. So those are the, the dates at the moment. They're looking at 30-odd 30 30-odd uh, games in total and uh, 12 nations attending in, in total. So I think it's really important that rugby, not just in New Zealand, gets off the ground running, but also wherever women's rugby is played around the world. And that's that's going to be the interesting thing for me Paul it's going to give some 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 teams are going to have more time than others let's say absolutely if you think about who the teams that turned up for that super tournament uh, in the USA when it was about top teams the top teams in women's 
um, rugby. I've not got the world rankings in front of me, but you're talking about New Zealand, England, France, obviously Ireland um, are up there as well. Then you're talking USA and Canada. So you're not talking your traditional teams then. You're not, uh, um, you're not talking actually Wales, Scotland uh, and Italy. Um, USA and Canada are ahead of those sides. Spain is also regularly beats Wales or Scotland and Italy as well. So um, you've got a number of teams in there that aren't your traditional teams. And also, if you think about it, England uh, and USA, two countries struggling with with COVID at the moment um, as well. So, uh, yes, as you say, certain teams will have uh, had uh, um, cleaner um, preparations than others. I've uh, got those rankings here, right here, Paul. Uh, the New Zealand team is uh, ranked the number one team, England, in second place, Canada, Canada, third, France, and fourth, which surprises me a little bit because the French have been going well. I know they've got a, they've done, um, they've sort of got a bit of a shadow on New Zealand at, at the minute. Italy in fifth, Australia sixth, USA seventh, Ireland eighth, Wales ninth, and Spain in tenth. And uh, in eleventh is Scotland, twelfth is Japan. So that's your top 12 but not a great difference in points between Japan and South Africa Japan's rating is 65.80 South Africa 63.39 but uh, New Zealand out there in front 93.88 but right behind them England 93.65 so those are your top two teams and of course the teams that are just battling to make that 12. Yep uh, and so you're right that uh, in, in the live chat there that uh, Drive Palmer Cup is back in back in August, but um, the uh, whilst they've, they've, they've announced a start date, which I think is 22nd, which is later than the beginning of my Sen Cup, um, they still haven't uh, given the actual schedule yet. So there is still a lot of discussions going on. Um, I can assure you, it's, I mean, it's not quite as simple um, as uh, is being made out by uh, by having a date. That so uh, yeah, but in the Tribe Sports app, are 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 just um, uh, reporting the official uh, start date, but I say there's a lot more work going on um, to try and make that happen uh, and quite that what that really means um, as well. Moving on then, oh, the other big change to the Parapalma Cup, Stephen, is the North-South divide. Um, there no longer is a premiership and a championship. Um, it's going to be North and South, which I guess, uh, which um, with, these, with a lot of these players being, uh, well, not even, well, basically amateur, um, obviously, travel is a big issue for them. So the way they're going to split it um, is basically uh, Northland, North Harbour, Auckland, Counties Manukau, Bay of Plenty, um, sorry, Waikato, Bay of Plenty and Taranaki um, are going to be in the North Division. And the Southern Division will be Manawatu, Hawke's Bay, Wellington, Tasman, uh, Canterbury and Otago. Southland don't have a team. So seven in the North Division. Uh, sixth in the South Division. Woohoo! Good old, uh, good old bus trip. Get the guitar out. That's, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that's on. That's on the way home from the game too. By the way, Paul. <laughs> Not on the way there. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, listen, great. Even listen, even though you're going to have these these bus trips or, or road trips, listen, I think they're just great for bonding teams. And um, you know, whilst these are unprecedented times and I'd love I'd love 10 cents for every time somebody has actually said that that word uh listen I think I think it's I think it's I think it's it's a great thing it's it's a little it's a little bit old school and I think it'll be some uh, great bonding of course we we spoke the province that I follow Northland will have uh, one Porsche Woodman 
running around for North and this year she's linked up with the Klaikoui Club and that, that, that's you know that's really really exciting uh, for for women's uh, rugby in the North and we're hoping to touch base with uh, with Josh Hyde at some stage because we are looking at, at a women's show hopefully um, hopefully before that before that uh, uh, season Farrah Palmer Cup season starts so we're not forgetting about our ladies out there no absolutely not and look uh, two teams, or well, yeah, two teams that, that that probably were. If you think about it, you've got some um, uh, Auckland counties, Waikato, three of the powerhouse, or, or three of the more uh, sort of more established women's sides. Taranaki, uh, to be honest with you, are going to have a tough season this season uh, unless they're getting strengthened by some some of the uh, um, Black Ferns or Black Fern Sevens. Uh, look, they they they're they're a new outfit. They've only been around for um, two seasons. Uh, and they have found it difficult getting up to speed with um, uh, with, with the more with, with more established clubs, and that was in the championship. Now they're going to be against Premiership teams, or what were Premiership teams in Auckland, in in counties, uh, in Waikato. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a tough season for them. So getting getting Porsche, and I've forgotten who the um, the other Blackburn Sevens player is that's playing for Northland, uh, but getting those in that extra quality will be needed, um, and uh, it's going to be a good challenge for the girls um, up there for that one. Um, shall we move on to uh, Auckland club results? Thank you, Paul. We'll, we'll head, that, uh, head down that path. Well, uh, it's good that we uh, mentioned driving of sorts because Auckland Club Rugby sponsored by uh, Goodyear for 2020 and results from the weekend. Starting with the home teams, Te Papapa 3, Marist 80, Eden 24, Grammar 18, Otahu 6, Pakuranga 44. Dwayne will be happy about that. Suburbs and Manukau. Suburbs playing at home against Manukau. Drew 20 all. East Tamaki playing at home. East Tamaki 6. College Rifles 52. And uh, the uh, current Premiers, Ponsonby 48 over University 16. And the game that I attended the weekend, good tight contest between the home side, Waitamata, who came out on top 17. 13 over Papa Toy Toy, and that was at uh, Waitamata Park just down the road here from me. And uh, that listen, that was a, a really, really tight game, very close at halftime. Two contrasting styles. We had a, a, a Papa Toy Toy team with a very, very big, solid pack, uh, used their forwards, but they also had some real power in the uh, in the loose forwards and plenty of punch in the midfield. Waitamata, though, young side this year, and... Uh, the, uh, I think the youngest uh, talking to the head coach, Rory Lord, said uh, the oldest guy they've got on the team is about 25. So it just shows you how young they were. And, uh, of course, good to catch up with uh, Nico Jones, son of the great uh, Michael Jones, Paul. Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so, folks, uh, you go back uh, on the uh, – for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, don't forget you can actually listen to the podcast just such New Zealand Sports Radio on iTunes iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Acast, and all your favourite podcatchers. Uh, but if you go back and have a look on our Facebook page, um, you'll see that Stephen uh, had uh, you know, had interviews with the, with the two head coaches from that game and, as you say, uh, Nico Jones as well. It's been a very popular video, that interview with uh, with Nico, so go check that out on our Facebook page. Um, the uh, But, yeah, strong starts there from Ponsonby and College Rifles, two mm. teams, I think, uh, are going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season, definitely, aren't they? 
Oh, listen, Ponsonby, once again, are not only sort of impressive some of the players they've got on the paddock, you know, guys who have got a bit of first-class experience, like uh, Joe Royal, who's played for the Bay of Plenty Steamers at, at, at Hooker. They had the likes of Jordan Trainer running running around at fullback, and uh, Danny uh, Tusitala, who's the uh, Auckland uh, Mata 10 Cup halfback, Alex uh, Dayback, who normally captains the side, was running around in the seven jersey, but he he played a couple of games for Auckland and at Mighty Team Cup 2019. But uh, listen, strong strong overall. If you, even if you look at their their management, uh, Peter Leolusso, Kevin Senior, Tani Fuga, the former Samoan international World Cup winner in 1991, Kevin Senior, of course. Um, I can't recall if Kevin actually played for the All Blacks or it might have been his brothers and uh, Jeff Ariomi. So they've got uh, four coaches. So they've got a, a very, very good team in place as I look down at the uh, university team. They're coached by uh, Jason McLean and Blair Gordon and uh, Kamali Delena is their uh, coaching lineup this year, the name player that I can see. A couple of name players, actually Brenton Halua, who's played for Auckland North and Ant Harbour, and uh, Tyrone Elkington, who's uh, played uh, a few games for Auckland as well, skippers the side. So he'll probably be, uh, that combination, Paul, will probably navigate the uh, university team around. But they're one of those teams that gets uh, better as the uh, season uh, rolls along. We look at the uh, College Rifles team, this year, head coach is uh, Mani Tuiloa, former uh, Waitamata player and also a former head coach at uh, Waitamata. But just looking through some of the the coaching staff there, staff there, Filippo Levy, who's uh, who also played. Uh, now Filippo, I think played may have played for the uh, Otago in the uh, Highlanders. I stand to be uh, corrected, but uh, also no, putting. Right. Uh, yeah, no, Filippo Levy. There, there you go. So some pretty handy guys in the uh, coaching staff but as I look at look through some of the names in this uh, in this college rifle side look out for Zahn Sullivan now he's a young first five originally from down in the Hawks Bay and he's been contracted to uh, Mighty Team Cup rugby by Auckland now this kid tall and rangy got something about him um that's what I with with Auckland hence wise guy uh, uh, wise guy Fiani has uh, headed up to to, uh, to uh, Northland, just with so much talent around. Another a couple of guys to uh, look out for. We, we, we look at this midfield combination, Tuamua Manu. Now, where do we know that name from, uh, uh, Paul? Didn't he, wasn't he with the Chiefs last year, Tuamua Manu? Uh, Tuamua Manu. And um, another chap, uh, Mayhana Grindley. Watch out for this name. Grindley, originally out of uh, King's College, but we also saw him at the... Sevens here in the, uh, they call it the Red Bull Sevens, but it's actually called something else, but it was played at the Waitakere Stadium just down the road. Watch out for this kid. The, this college rifles team look absolutely dynamic in the uh, in the midfield pool. Well, Tuamanu is still part of the chief squad, so clearly he was released to play for the club um, this weekend. Uh, he isn't the only one, and when we get on to uh, Waikato Rugby uh, uh, Club competition. I'll be talking about some uh, 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 an All Black who was uh, who was released to play for his club rugby. And um, so yes, yeah, so clearly uh, not at the moment getting a look in um, with players like Anton Leonard Brown, Alex Nankerville, uh, and also Quintin. Uh, uh, sorry, Quinn uh, Tapia um, in there. So obviously Manu need, needing some game time and going back to his club uh, to to get some of that, which is which is um, which is nice to see. 
a bit surprised to see Filippo Levy there at um, College Rifles. He was an assistant coach at Marist uh, last year or the year before. So, um, yeah, clearly he's, he's changed um, allegiance um, as well. Uh, there, I thought he was a, I thought he was a Marist boy. I'm pretty sure he played Marist down in Otago. Uh, I could be wrong though. Um, to be, uh, to be, to, to be, to be fair. Um, so uh, yeah, so interesting to see that he's moved over as well. And Marist, another team that kicked off with a big win uh, at the weekend. So we'll be interested to see how they go when they come across a couple of the bigger teams uh, themselves. The um, moving on then to Waikato Rugby. Um, and uh, down here, um, Fraser Tech um, saw off Tiamutu 30-17. Um, Hamilton Marist beat um, Morinsville 41-17. Uh, Melville um, overcame Hamilton Old Boys 18-14. I'd say that was the game that I was at. And Otrahonga beat University 33-20. Hautapu, the champions from last year and home of... Um, Luke Jacobson and Mitch Jacobson, for example, um, they had a buy in round one. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out of um, their um, lockdown. I did see them over uh, in um, uh, Taronga um, playing a pre-season game prior to lockdown. Um, so clearly uh, they've had their team together for quite a long time um, getting ready for the uh, the club season. Um so uh, yes, I think they'll they'll know each other quite well. They they played a, a curtain raiser um, to the uh, global rapid rugby preseason game um, that the China Lions played over there against um, uh, uh, Manawa Samoa Samoa um, over there. So uh, yes, yeah, so I say Hautapu um, have been together for for a long time uh, training. So uh, just because they had the bye, folks, don't expect them to come in um, uh, to raw. One of the things about Saturday was that um, we had forecast showers. Well, sorry, folk forecasters, but you definitely got that one wrong um, as it was persistent rain on Saturday down here in, in, in Hamilton. Um, and that game between Melville and Hamilton Old Boys was a, definitely a wet weather game. A player that came on in the second half uh, and um, really showed his class uh, playing in those conditions was um, a certain Triple T um, who came on for Melville uh, and helped calm things down for them. Still, this game went right to the wire um, with uh, basically a lack of execution, which in the wet conditions isn't um, shouldn't be too surprising. Uh, and Hamilton Old Boys just couldn't get over the line uh, and, and uh, only scored that one try in the second half. Uh, they literally were held up over the line uh, as and, and that was the last play of the game. So they were very, very close um, to winning this one because obviously they're only four points behind that. If they if they got the ball down in that situation, they would have won the game. So I say very, very tight game um, there between those two sides in really wet conditions. And I think, Stephen, that's one of the big things about if you're going to be watching club rugby, Take your gumboots. <laughs> take take your wet if you got a wet if you're lucky enough to get uh, a wet and dry. Take your gumboots. Take your beanie because we all know once that sun goes down late afternoon, it's a, a pretty cold, Paul. And uh, 
uh, one area where I reckon you definitely need a a beanie and a warm jersey and a jacket is in Wellington because their club rugby started the weekend as well. If you've uh, finished the Waikato club rugby, I'll get into some Wellington club rugby, which I've got well, right here. Run through and let people know the teams that they should look out for. How uh, Tapu obviously won. Um, it's uh, this um, uh, last year, as I say, um, Fraser Tech, uh, somewhere that's um, a uh, certain, um, oh, I've gone blank, all blacks, ex all black player um, had a drink issue. Um, oh, Zach Guilford. Zach Guilford, thank you. Fraser Tech, where Zach Guilford <laughs> plays, he is, um, they, they made the final last, uh, uh, last year. Um, uh, I think it was, oh, sorry, no, they made the semi final last year. Uh, the final was Marist uh, against Hautapu, so um, uh, with Ochonga there as well. So those are really the four sides that I would be looking at. Fraser Tech, uh, Marist, Ochonga and Hautapu again um, for for this one. Uh, those, are the, the, as you can see, three of those started off with wins um, and rather and, and fairly comfortable wins. You've got to say all of them by more than two scores or uh, sorry, all of them by at least two scores. Um, so, yes, those uh, th those are the sides that I expect will be there or thereabouts come the pointy end of the season. But, yep, um, handing over to you, Stephen, to go through the Wellington um, results, which I must know I haven't seen yet. Yeah, Wellington Club Rugby, and I, I would imagine just uh, given uh, given uh, the Wellington weather over the weekend, I'm not too sure what the conditions were like down there, but you'd have to go out. If you were watching a bit of footy down there, you'd need all the warm clothing that you've got. Just looking at some of our re results uh, from the uh, from the weekend, uh, old boys at university, 25, Pornicke 5, North 5, Maris Pat, St. Pat's 28. We have got uh, Oriental Rongatai 3, Hutt Old Boys at Marist 11, Petoni 34, Johnsonville 5. Now we've got a team here, it looks like a combined team, and that's uh, Paramata Plumerton. So I'm not too sure whether they are a, uh, a promoted side, but they went down, they scored 8, Upper Hutt Rams scored 20, Wainui 3, Tawa 31, and our final game looks like it was Wellington 17 over Avalon uh, 14, and just even looking through some of the names, uh, full credit to uh, to uh, Wellington for this uh, particular post, they've got all the uh, teams' names, so we'll do a little bit more homework just to see which team we'll be looking out for. But those results after the weekend see Petoni, Tawa, and Marist on uh, the top of the table if after round one. So that's the Swindale Shield in Wellington. Thirteen rounds coming up. That round thirteen is on the twelfth of September, uh, twenty twenty. But we'll keep you posted as the season rolls along, Paul. Absolutely, folks. Now, uh, this coming weekend, I uh, unfortunately won't be able to make it to any of the grassroots games, uh, but Stephen and Arshin might also be uh, making some games. So keep an eye out on our Facebook page, New Zealand Sports Radio, for um, updates from those games uh, and uh, with, um, with, with, with a few live videos from the pitch side um, there, because yes, uh, it's great to have club footy back uh, and we would like to give them uh, a bit of uh, a bit of love because let's be honest, it's a sec it's it's a level of rugby that hasn't been given its uh, the the love that it uh, that it kind of needs and the exposure it needs. So um, do keep an eye out uh, for all of that. Also, I'm working on a, a correspondent who will help us with some Bay of Plenty um, reports, hopefully. Uh, so if you would like to help us uh, get some reports from the club grounds, then uh, do get in touch, folks, um, because hope because uh, as I say, 
uh, it would be great to, uh, to to give the clubs um, a bit more exposure um, on our Facebook page. Moving on then, um, and one of the things that uh, I, I, I was watching um, the, a game in the first round with a mate of mine who is a member or has been a member of um, uh, of, of the Chiefs and of um, Waikato Waita- Waita- Rugby for a number of years. So a guy who knows a lot of rugby, has watched a lot of rugby. And I mentioned to him in past uh, uh, that um, and he mentioned, oh, look, Dane Cole's been co- um, out, out on the wing again. What's he doing around hanging out there? Um, and so I try to explain to him that, look, it's a uh, it's a one three three one formation um, that the Fords use. And he looked at me kind of blankly. So I thought it'd be a good idea just to um, talk through what that might have kind of means for people. So hopefully you can enjoy um, watching what's, uh, what what you see and understand what you're seeing um, on the screens. When you when um, a team gets into an attacking formation now, clearly, if they've just started from a line out, all the forwards are going to be over on one side of the pitch where the line-out was. So it's going to take a couple of phases for this um, to set in. It's not like American football where you can set up your structures um, straight away every play. It's something that players have to have to slowly move into um, and, and you'll see them gravitating towards this. What you'll find is that the outside players, uh, if you look on both wings, will be the winger normally um, plus one of the forwards, generally a loose forward. Um, uh, so, for example, if you're watching the Auckland game at the weekend, um, you'll have seen that um, Ikiriwani was going out towards the right-hand side and Hoskins Tutu out to the left-hand side. And basically, there would be the second player, um, second or third player out uh, on the, the edge of the lines um, on either side. What that does is, that means as a, as a, if a winger does make a break, they know they have a forward support player to clean out. Um, it also means that... Uh, there's a large player there you can give the ball to who can potentially run up against a smaller back um, and get a mismatch. Um, so that's one of the reasons you'll see. And that's the ones on either side when we refer to one, three, three, one. The threes then are two pods. Quite often you'll see one of the pods will be basically two, two props um, and uh, a lock. And the other one will be a lock and um, uh, a hooker uh, and um uh, and the other loose forward, uh, and um, or, or, or some sort of combination. Those three uh, players, one will take it in, the other two will clear it, and then you have a second pot of three ready um, for the um, ready for one out rugby, if, um, if 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 that's what the scrum half wants to do. So that's kind of the structure you'll see uh, if you look at how the the, the forwards um, are are kind of set up across the pitch. Quite often nowadays, there are alternatives to this. Um, uh, so that's uh, that, but um, but essentially that's kind of this um, one of the things they talked about at the Rugby World Cup to mitigate against that um, rush defence was instead of having that three three there was a, there were two players uh, two forwards right next to the ruck from an attacking point of view to attract defenders and to slow them down from charging up um, so there are variations on it but on the whole what you're looking at is uh, and that's why Dane Coles being one of the faster players he'll end up on one of the wings. You might remember Kieran Reid used to end up on the wing, um, but then again, then he moved forward. So quite often, so for example, the All Blacks would have maybe Dane Coles and Vifafita um, as those players out wide because they're some of the quicker players uh, in the squad. Um, Sam Kane is kept more central. He doesn't tend to do that kind of role um, in the same kind of way. Um, any other comments on, on that, Steve? What do you think that, that makes it kind of uh, that sort of makes it kind of clearer? 
No, well, there's always a lot of questions asked. Of, uh, I get it all the time. Why is that player out there? Why is he just fringing out on the wing? But there's a there is a method. There is a method to the means. You know, it's one of those reasons. Sometimes they always don't put a lot of players into contact. You, you think to yourself, oh, you know, why aren't they getting numbers into that breakdown? It's because they're actually relying on the guys that are already at the breakdown to be doing the job, and it's up to the the guys who may be two or three steps away from that breakdown to enter that into that breakdown area if help is required. So it's really about understanding reaction time. Yep, absolutely. Um, so there you go, folks. Um, just a little uh, technical thing there for you as to why you'll find players like Dane Coles ranging out there on the wings. It's to be that clearer or that power player um, to get to get mismatches. Um, it is designed as part of the ta- as, as, as part of the uh, tactics and the structure. It's not him um, just trying to just trying to showboat, um, as some people might think. Um, so, Stephen, thank you very much. It's been a very enjoyable evening chatting code with you. Um, don't forget, folks. You can follow. Don't forget to like the page, please. Um, our, our Facebook page at uh, for New Zealand Sports Radio. Um, share and talk to your friends about the channel uh, or about the station we'd like to think of ourselves as um, and spread the word also listen to us on the move because we are producing two or three shows a day um, on average so uh, you might want to listen to us some of the shows on the move uh, to download iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify onto your phone and search for New Zealand Sports Radio. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.